0: Hi, my name is Ashley Hall, and today I will be making a podcast about mindfulness in respect to being a teacher. Mindfulness helps teachers understand our own emotions better. When I teach, I sometimes notice that my mind is so focused on thinking about what I need to do and how to do it that I'm not paying attention to the present moment. I set up expectations about how things ought to be, and I become attached to them, rather than noticing and accepting how things actually are. This causes distress, making me emotionally volatile, which in turn affects my perceptions and makes me more sensitive to threat. I may imagine a student's disruptive behavior being intentionally designed to interfere with my teaching, when in fact it is the normal behavior of a child who needs help with his self self-regulation, his or her. If I take that behavior personally, I may lose my temper and say something that makes matters worse. But practicing mindfulness can help teachers to recognize our own emotional patterns and proactively regulate how we behave, responding in the way we want rather than reacting automatically. It can also help us to savor the positive moments in our jobs. When we feel the joy of true connection with our students or resonate with the joy and excitement of our students when the learning clicks for them. Further, mindfulness helps us communicate more effectively with students. During my practicum and my student teaching, I had no idea how to get my students to pay attention to my lessons, respond to directions, or even just behave appropriately. I thought that if I was nice to my students, they would like me, want to please me, and do what I wanted them to do. However, I was wrong. My students didn't respond or behave that way at all. (laughs) And day by day, my frustration grew to the point where I was impatient and snapping at them. One day, my cooperating teacher came to observe my teaching and he gave me some important feedback. He said that I was saying, okay, At the end of my instructions to students, giving them the message that whatever I asked them was optional, as if I was asking for their permission. No wonder they were so unresponsive. After that feedback, I began to monitor myself and break that bad habit. And this developed, helped me develop to to see mindfulness as self-awareness and to see how it could help me succeed as a teacher. So in that vein, mindfulness helps me manage my students when I find them difficult. All teachers have problems with particular students who misbehave in the classroom. That's just a given. But mindful awareness can help us attend to what's happening with a child to cause them to misbehave. Sometimes students misbehave because the environment is inappropriate for their developmental stage. For example, we can't expect a kindergartner to sit quietly listening to adult an adult talk for long periods of time. Children exposed to trauma in their lives tend to be hypervigilant, which consumes a lot of cognitive resources, and can lead them to learn more slowly than other students, or to be overly sensitive to changes in any environment that they're in. Non-judgmental awareness is an important aspect of mindfulness, too, one that involves accepting things as they are in the present moment. When we first practice mindful awareness, we often notice how hard it is not to judge. But as we observe ourselves engaging in judgment, we become more aware of it in the moment. Our mind begins to settle and eventually our tendencies to judge subside. Judgment often includes the feeling of guilt and shame. Sometimes teachers judge their students harshly and unconsciously, using guilt and shame as management techniques with their students, probably because they've learned these tex- techniques as a child from their own parents. But there's plenty of evidence that this approach does not work. Rather than encountering, encouraging children, children to behave, it promotes resentment, distrust, and retaliation. Mindfully recognizing our emotional responses towards students may help us understand why they are behaving the way they are. If we feel annoyed, the behavior is likely attention-seeking. If we feel threatened, the behavior is likely a bid for power. If we feel hurt, the behavior is likely an attempt at revenge. If we feel discouraged, the student is likely giving up. These feelings can help us respond more appropriately to the underlying issues of our students and help us shift from a negative appraisal to a state of compassion. Which brings me to my next point. Mindfulness helps us set up positive learning environments. There is a a mistaken belief among many teachers that we can and must control our students' behavior. However, this sets us up for power struggles where our attempts to control are likely going to backfire. It's far better to create and maintain an effective learning environment by learning to control ourselves. We can control how we communicate, how we behave, and where we position our bodies in space. We can set and reinforce expectations and limits, and we can control the classroom physical space so that it supports student learning. Knowing what's going on in your classroom and with your students is crucial to your ability to orchestrate the social emotional dynamics of the physical places that you are conducting to learn. Practicing mindful awareness helps you develop the skill of paying attention in the present moment, And learning to see what's truly happening in your classroom will allow you to come up with better solutions to problems that you see. Mindfulness also can help us strengthen relationships with students. Research on effective classroom management points to the importance of teacher-student relationships. We can set up great management systems involving guidelines and limits, but if our students don't trust and respect us or think that we don't respect them, we're in for some challenges. Giving each student our full mindful attention, even for a short period of class time, gives him or her the message, I see you. By making a connection with our students, we let them know that we value them as individuals. Because the goal of school is learning, we naturally tend to signal to students that we high, value high academic achievement. However, we need to be mindful when we see students displaying non-academic attributes, such as helpfulness, friendliness, creativity problem solving, and conflict resolution and to communicate that we value these as well. Students feel connection with teachers when they know their teacher truly sees them and appreciates them. Lastly, mindfulness helps build communities. Students have a basic need to belong and to contribute to a community. We can foster a sense of community by by modeling caring and other pro-social behaviors, instituting caring routines and mindfully listening to our students. To cultivate a family or a community of learners, we can provide students with opportunities to collaborate and help one another. For example, by having students work together in groups where each student has a specific task that contributes toward a shared outcome. Collaborative learning gives students the opportunity to help others and to reflect on the experiences and needs of others, which promotes empathy and perspective taking. Another way to build community among students is through joint service learning projects, where students work together on giving back to the community in some way, mindfully taking note of different student strengths and challenges can help build teachers and make these shared work opportunities enrich student learning and can help build a positive classroom climate. In all of these ways I've mentioned, mindfulness can help teachers to be the best they can be and bring out the best in their students being able to approach a classroom with a sense of calm, understanding, and these skills to intervene appropriately can make learning a pleasure for everyone. Thank you for your time.